Ladies and gentlemen, here we are. We have officially reached triple digits. Approximately one year after we launched on Memorial Day 2021, we are here on August 2nd, 2022, and we have officially published 100th episode. That's right. This is the 100th episode of No Doubter. And we didn't plan it like this. It just happened to happen on MLB trade deadline, which personally is one of our favorite episodes to do. We did one last year, and now we're doing a second one this year. Joe Weens, thank you for joining the show. Let's go 100, baby. Uh, thank you so much, sir. Thank you for joining the show. And guys, we're going to talk trade deadline. A bunch of stuff happened. We're going to talk winners and losers. We're going to dissect the trades. But before we do any of that, we just we're just going to celebrate... It's just a milestone upon milestones. I'm your co-host, Barrett Boombostic, joined as always by Travis T-Bone Loffley. How are you doing, man? Man, Boom, it's good to be back. Appreciate you holding down the fort last Wednesday uh, with our uh, special guest, Hayes Holly. Uh, yes. Did a great job with that. Um, I I still got to fully uh, dive into the episode there. I've just been so swamped with things left <laughs> and right here in life. Uh, but I mean, just crazy engagement came off of that. It was looked like someone oh, was blowing yeah. up on Twitter there. Uh, yeah, really cool that you know you're you're building these uh, connections here with Astros Twitter. Yes. Um, that you know we've had the guys like uh, like Michael <laughs> Schwab, uh, Astros Locker, others. You know that we've had. Uh, We've been able to be in touch with uh, yes. along the way, uh, grow uh, more connections with that once again uh, here. Um, so just a really neat opportunity. Struck gold with that right at the, the right time. Did a fantastic job with it. And yeah, I couldn't be more stoked to uh, be back here to celebrate uh, celebrate episode uh, 100. Talk a little bit of Major League Baseball trade deadline, how that all went down. And the it did just the the deal of the century potentially yes. here that uh, happened. We will get to it. We will get to it. Yeah, we're not going to get split all uh, right now, but but certainly just the day that has to be talked about here. And we got to celebrate ourselves too, because yeah, we hit a hundred episodes. Uh, we very much have a uh, still have a small ride or die audience that goes with us here. You know, we we build connections. We meet new people along the way here. This is really, truly just a small, as of right now, fun little passion project for uh, for the two for the two of us here. And you know, anybody that's uh, joining us along with it, we can't thank you enough uh, for doing so. And uh, yeah, it's it's a sweet feeling hitting a hundred episodes here, getting behind the camera, uh, behind the microphone, and uh, and putting these out. It's uh, you know, it's a learning experience, and it's a, it's always a good time doing it. Oh yeah! Last year we started about halfway through the season. It's just it's just the way things rolled out. Memorial Day again, so you know not quite halfway. I mean, we still had a lot of coverage, but man, we've been cranking it out. So uh, again, before full we season get... of Major League Baseball, we did all in college, college baseball this year. Uh, yeah, we've had our uh, our, our yeah. own little fun episodes. You know, over the past year, we built these uh, these connections with other creators uh, here, and uh, yeah, we've. We, we have uh, slowly but steadily, you know, found more avenues to go with this. You know, we've introduced here our uh, our video feature uh, here for streaming where we can, uh, we can put this out on YouTube. Uh, you know, it's always going through uh, through Facebook and Twitter and our personal accounts. So it's just little pieces here and there that are uh, that are being added to the No Doubter collection. I know we're grow We're slowly growing. So uh, before we get into the trade deadline, it's time to celebrate. And Trav, what's the best way to celebrate? We celebrate the only way that we know yes. how to celebrate here on No Doubter, which is through our favorite segment, which we started bringing back more lately, and that is called Pour and Score. 
because friends, uh, you know, join with us here. Grab your favorite uh, favorite adult beverage. Uh, you know, if you if you don't drink, you can also uh, pick a beverage of choice that um, that uh, that that you just like to share with us here. Uh, but ultimately, the idea is is that whenever uh, whenever you're enjoying America's greatest pastime, whether it's on your couch, uh, you know, if you're going old school in the backyard with the radio on while you're grilling, or out by the pool, or you're at the game itself. Uh, you need to enjoy uh, a libation of choice uh, mm -hmm. while you're taking in America's greatest pastime because our philosophy here at No Dadder is when you pour, you score. And yes. we're scoring tonight as we hit the century mark uh, mm -hmm. for episodes cranked out now. So, uh, boom, how about you lead us off and, All uh, right. and uh, uh, pour the first drink this evening for us? All right. So, uh, I mean, I didn't grab an extra, a particularly special one. Four one hundred probably should have, but I just I'm just going with whatever I had. So, but it is still good. So, what I have here is I'm going to start off with a glass. This is a Hard Rock Cafe San Antonio glass. When I was in choir, yes, I'm a choir boy. Back in high school, we went to San Antonio to sing, and I can't remember how old I was. I might have been in middle school even, but we went to the Hard Rock Cafe. And for I was like, I'm, this is so cool. The Hard Rock Cafe is awesome. So I bought this. I don't know. I must have been 15 at the time. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, Joel, I am a nerd unapologetically. And so I bought this and I gave it to my parents because I was well under drinking age. But when I became drinking age, they gave this back to me. So this is a very special glass. I have owned this for a very long time. And but as you'll see, um, Trav, do you know what kind of... Oh, it, it's a beer glass, but do you know what specific beer is goes in a glass that is shaped like this? As in, like, type of beer or the way that yes. it's... Uh, okay. I... I want to say that... I'm just going to guess that's a lager glass. Ah, uh, you're close. You're, you're, you hit the right part of it. Pilsner? Yes! Ding, 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 ding. There we go. This, Just step up. <laughs> this is a... So a Pilsner is a lager, so you were in the right... All Pilsners are lagers, but not all lagers are Pilsners. That is correct. Beers are either ales or lagers. So this is a Pilsner glass. I do not drink out of this as much as I should. I buy pre predominantly IPAs, but yeah, you're, I... You're a hophead. We both I, are. So. Yes. <laughs> but Pilsners are a great lager equivalent because... They've got some bitterness to it, but I'm going to be drinking a Pilsner out of a Pilsner glass. So, ladies and gentlemen, go. from from Fort Worth, Texas, I had a Fort Worth, Texas Martin House beer last time, and I'm going to do it again. Martin House Pils. It is their Pilsner. This is a Fort Worth beer. I tagged them on Instagram, and they answered back. So I'm going to give them some extra love. They were like, awesome, man. Thanks. So... I appreciate the shout out, Martin House. Gonna give them some love. Yeah. We don't just throw out brands here on No Doubt. No, no good content creator throws out brands just uh, randomly and whimsically. We, uh, we, you know, if you uh, if you show us some love, we we show you some love. That's how it it, uh, it works around here. <laughs> exactly. This is four point two ABV, so pretty low alcohol. 11 IBUs, so just a tad bit bitterness. Pilsners 
tend to have a tad bit bitterness. But Martin House, what they say about this is, this is the ultra-premium lager beer. They say, we've dreamt of having a year-round Pilsner around here at Martin House for quite a while now. It took many test batches to perfect the Martin House Pils, and we've landed on a solid, flavorful Pilsner that you can enjoy all day long. This easy-drinking summer sipper is available starting this week forever in six-packs. There you go on draft. Don't know exactly when they wrote this, but that's not the point. The point is that this is the perfect summer beer as they describe. Now, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I have had this beer a few days ago, so it's, I'm not breaking into it, but I'm going to give a, a fresh taste of it. Boom, 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 boom. This is a huge glass right here, so I'm going to give plenty of head to it. Look at that. Oh, yeah. I love this glass here. It's got the nice lager taste. Very translucent. Oh, yeah. Going to let that sit a little bit. Looking forward to this. It is hotter than hell outside. And I was outside today on the job site for damn near five hours. And I need to cool down, Trav. So I just, <laughs> I need me a lager. So I'm just going to dive straight to the head and go for it. So. Mm. Very refreshing. Oh, yeah. It's got that classic lager refreshness to it right off the bat goes down easy super super easy if you're a fan of like bud light budweiser and stuff this is gonna be right up your alley oh yeah tad bit of business to it but the overwhelming sensation is refreshing i mean but that's what it, it that's what separates the pilsner it's not like a lager straight up now, if you don't want any bitterness, I wouldn't go with this, but the bitterness just gives it an interesting edge to it. But it is not predominant. You can just drink this. It's got a good taste to it. It's a good Pilsner. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. I mean, I've had many Pilsners, and this is about as good as it gets. I mean, it's hard to differentiate Pilsners for me between really good ones and real bad ones, but this is, this is a solid one, in my opinion. So, 8 out of 10, I am a hophead. So, again, Martin House Pills from Fort Worth, Texas. It is refreshing. If you want to cool off after being in 100-degree heat for five hours, this will do the trick. <laughs> <laughs> there I you go. It. I'm going to turn it over to you, T-Money. What are you drinking to celebrate 100? Well, as I told you in the green room, because we've hit... Uh... We have hit 100 episodes now. Got to celebrate with the finer things of life. So, uh, you know, as kind of has been the case with many of the episodes as of recently, I've been drinking a lot more wine. That's the case tonight, uh, as I'm going to be uh, here out of Justin Wineries uh, yes. on Paso Robles, California. We'll be having their Sauvignon Blanc. So, uh, it's yes. uh, Central Coast 2021, as I said, but produced and bottled by Justin Wineries, uh, Vineyard and Winery. Uh, in Paso Robles, California. And if you uh, 
if you know anything about uh, about wines, especially on the white wine side, uh, many of them lean on the uh, the drier side, and they go really well, uh, you know, by themselves or just you know with uh, with kind of lighter things uh, to eat, and um, uh, you know things like chicken, salmon. Uh, uh, you know, roasted vegetables, potatoes, things of that nature really pair well with it. <laughs> um, and so I, uh, you know, I thought I'd break it out tonight here um, at uh, here on the show. So I'm going to pour myself a little glass here to start. I think a white wine is a good choice in given the heat that we experience. So. Oh, absolutely. I've really yeah. been working on expanding my wine palette uh, as of like the last year or so, and especially this summer gone to the white wine side just because it's yeah it's hard at this hard at this point when you're in the middle of summer that uh, <laughs> uh to really want to uh drink something heavier on the red side i mean like come come the fall and the winter that'll feel nice but right now still just uh, a little too too heavy for that um but yeah i'm really a fan of uh of justin's uh justin vineyards uh, i've had their uh their cabernet before which is really really solid i think it's one of the best cabernets that you can buy uh both for its value and then just the flavor that comes from it. But I'll go ahead and take a sip here. Oh, that's really good. Goes down smooth, very pointed. Got that, uh, got uh, you know, just the dry kind of sensation that goes with it. Uh, uh, everything you you want in a glass of white wine is right there at the forefront. Uh, the sensation at the forefront, all the way from. Uh, from the uh so we have it going down so uh i really enjoy this i think this is actually one of the one of the better white wines i've had i'm actually i'm going to give this one a nine out of ten so if you like white wine if you like drier wines uh like a white wine i think you know the, the, the sauvignon like the, the sauvignon blanc is kind of like how how cabs cabernets that is they pair well on the red wine side of things across a lot of things uh, Sauvignon Blanc definitely pairs well, I feel like, with the lot of stuff I've had just by itself. It's a phenomenal hmm. wine, and uh, Justin Vineyards knows what they're doing. Um, so, yeah, I uh, I give this one here a good solid uh, solid 9 out of 10. Man, so you've had more wines on the show than I have, and that's probably, well, if I'm not mistaken, that's one of the higher ratings you've given to wines. Yes, I feel like I know most of my wines to this point have been more like in the eight 8.5 sometimes they go down to the seven but they just kind of stick in like the b range there yeah i give this one up to the eight range just because it's uh justin knows what they're doing when it comes to wines justin and where is this vineyard located paso robles california i believe that's norcal i mean all the best wine is in california so <laughs> yeah so i mean but hey I'm putting that on my list. I know my wife loves white wines. So, I mean, I'm sure I could find this at a total wine specs nearby. Oh yeah. I think it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, you can find it just by any place. I'm pulling Google maps up here to remind myself where Paso Robles is. <laughs> it is, uh, is it where I think it is? Aha. Uh -huh, yes. Actually it's more, it's more central California slash Southern mm. California. It's like good. Okay keep going northwest of santa barbara uh up to like san it looks like it's just north of san luis obispo um okay so yeah you're kind of you're you're, you're right 
along the edge of uh, the coast of California before you hit no man's land when you get out to the Central Valley. So that's uh, that's uh, where Paso Robles is. There you go. We got a beer. We got a light beer. We got a light wine. It's summer, guys. So it's very fitting. So there we go. We got our drinks. And uh, as we're tailing off the same before we officially end it, you know, it's 100 episodes. We just got to give thanks, man. Um, thank you, Trav, for joining me on this journey. 100 episodes in. Never thought we'd make it, but time flies, right? <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, it's we, you know, we exceeded the... Uh, <laughs> It's funny that the, the bar is just very low for podcasts that make it. So it's like we we uh, like when you yeah. first got me together for us, it's like, hey, if we can just get to this number, like we'll uh, we uh, we can make it, <laughs> and it can uh, <laughs> uh, like we we will seriously beat the odds at that point. So yeah, we just keep on going with it, and um, yeah, cheers to the future, my friend. Cheers to the future. Want to give a shout out to our editor, Travis Bostic, my brother, uh, not from another mother, but my bro, my blow, my blood bro, T-Money, uh, Travis Bostic, if you're listening to this, thank you for pumping out 100 episodes worth of content. You're awesome. I love you, man. Um, I love you so much, man. And I just, I did, you're just so special to me. And I just thank you, Travis Bostic, for editing all these episodes. Could not do it without you, seriously. Uh, Want to thank... Uh, uh our patreon members uh my longest my dad our longest standing patron tad bostic patreon producer don hale you guys are awesome uh, for those of y'all listening if you want to continue to help us out and continue to grow so we can go well beyond 100 you can join our patreon two dollars five dollars ten dollars the more you give the more you get and uh you get shout outs shout outs from us stitch council merch opportunities to be interviewed on the show uh but the show would not be possible without tad bostic and don hale uh and then want to thank Lindsay soblick who created our awesome logo she's the best she is so talented and just the many friends that we've met along the way hayes holly emily nyman ashley sanders isaac aaron mark bogart henry bettencourt uh, we interviewed kyle blanks a former mlb player i mean well, uh, oh, we've had so many guests at this point now. I know, <laughs> and God, George Martin, he from the UK, Astros fans UK, and then I, t- dang it, uh, the it's blanking. I don't want to. It's Tony Adams, I believe. Um, yes, this is, I believe so. Yes, yeah, signstealing.com signstealing.com tony adams one of my favorite interviews um in particular we've had so many friends on the pod so this is for all of our friends on the pod that we've interviewed we're gonna have emily nyman on again tomorrow to talk about mlb trade deadline we're gonna have ashley sanders next week so it's just we're having friends coming back so 100 baby uh, as we end off porn score, this extra special porn score, we want to remind our audience to please drink responsibly. So, Always. No matter way. There you go. Mm. So some extra long celebrations there because, again, it is 100. We got to go all out. So, all right. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into this. We got we're gonna give a quick no doubter of the week, as we always do, and then we're gonna get really into the meat of it. So when it comes to the no doubter of the week, we're gonna give some love to a man who last year he broke the record for most home runs by a catcher in a single season. He is the pride and joy of Kansas City. 
I'm, of course, talking about none other than Salvador Perez. And he supposedly hit this ball 452 feet. Can you see the screen? Yes, Trap. sir. So, I want you to tell me, Travis, and I want you to tell me if you think this is 452 feet. Boom. I mean, I mean, it hit it up there. I'm going to pause it right here. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the outfield wall there in center field is four feet, if I saw that correctly. Yes, uh, 400 feet. So that's probably that's probably about accurate. I think so. But you're looking. You're talking at, yeah. way the heck up there. Oh, I mean, so you think it's more than that? So you think we're maybe getting like towards like 475 to 500 territory? Possibly. Seriously, I mean, 400. You're going. You're talking all those rows back, beyond the hedges, and it's right there. I saw a tweet about this the other day, and I can't get it out of my mind. There's no way. That's just 452 feet. I just, I don't know. I, I stack cast. It's got to be off a little bit. Bear. I think this is at least in the four sixties, and that's why we chose it because it's just like it must have just had a glitch in it. Because I mean, he got all of it, all of it. Salvi Perez, way to go! The first time he's been no doubter of the week. I think yeah. we gave him the more, more I look at year. that. I think that's a very conservative estimate that was given. Like it's yeah, we're probably I mean, pushing like four seventy five. <laughs> Seriously. Oh man. Salvi Perez. What a beast. One, one of the few bright spots uh, up there in Kansas city right now. Yes, indeed. That bomb uh, right there was, uh, I apologize, ladies and gentlemen, going to our bookmarks. 452 feet, 109.9 miles an hour off the bat, 30 miles an hour. He hit it off an 84-mile-an-hour slider. That was in Chicago. So, uh, yes, at least 460. I'm right there with you, Joel. You are the, the eye test. It passes the eye test for no doubters. So it was there was no other option, really. So congratulations, Salvi Perez. So, all right, guys, we're 21 minutes in. Let's not delay it any longer. We are here to recap one of the most wildest trade deadlines in MLB history. Let's go. We are going to do it. And let's just let's just address the elephant in the room. The San Diego Padres are the undisputed winners of the trade deadline. Yeah, you've got <laughs> one of the top five players in all of Major League Baseball. Yes. and uh... They didn't just get that. They would have won regardless. It's what they got in addition to one of the top five top three players in baseball. I mean, any other answer is 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 just wrong. The Padres won the trade deadline. I mean, it's... The Padres said, we are tired of rebuilding. <laughs> we want to like be there and we want to, yeah, hey, we want to be in DLS contenders right now. <laughs> Seriously. Okay. We're going to dissect all of their trades. And really, we only have to do it in two steps because it's the three people that they got. Three people. They had to give a lot for the three people that they got, but they still got three people who are some of the best. We are starting off with the biggest trade of the trade deadline. This took place earlier today. 
the San Diego Padres got Juan Soto, who is 23 years old, who they now have control until the end of 2024. So again, they have him for all of this year, all of next year, and all of the next the, of the of the next year after that. And they got Josh Bell. Josh Bell is a 29-year-old first baseman. Juan Soto was a 23-year-old right fielder who's top three, top five, whatever you want to say. Josh Bell is a 29-year-old first baseman who I I wanted the Astros to get, but I'll get to that in a sec. Josh Bell is on the ascendancy. You look at his numbers, and he's just going up, 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 up every single year. He is on the ascendancy, and he's a lefty. So you get two lefties. But they did have to give up six people. So it's a six for two. Washington Nationals got lefty pitcher Mackenzie Gore, shortstop C.J. Abrams, Robert Hassel, outfielder, James Wood, outfielder, Harlan, Susanna, pitcher, and at first, there was a player to be mentioned later. And at first, it was Eric Hosmer. But Eric Hosmer has a no-trade clause. And he said, heck no. (laughs) I don't want to go to D.C. So they're like, fine, we'll find somebody else. And so they get Luke Voigt to go to DC. Luke Voigt's like crap. <laughs> Poor Luke leave, Voigt to leave sunny Southern California and go out to the uh, to the humidity uh, in DC. DC, yes. So a six four one. DC is for losers. Nobody likes it up there. It's miserable. I mean, you want to talk? DC about- is like an ultimate sports struggle city. Like the <laughs> they did win the World Series in 2019, so they have yes, that. The, the 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 Washington Capitals as well got a uh, uh, got a Stanley Cup title a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, the um, uh, the Wizards are the Wizards, and we don't need to talk about the Commanders, formerly the Washington Football Team, formerly the Redskins. We uh, yes. we just don't. We all know how dysfunctional that organization is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just I I don't blame Hosmer for not wanting to go there. Hosmer eventually if I'm not mistaken, did go to the Boston Red Sox. So um, good for him. At least you're going to a team that's somewhat competitive instead of to a, a no-name team in, uh, in in the Nationals. And yes, Hosmer officially did go to, um, to, to the Red Sox. But let's just kind of talk about this. Before we get to the obvious Padres, I want to talk about the Nationals and what they get. They get six people. Mackenzie Gore is someone who has pitched uh, for the for uh, the Padres. He has pitched at the major league level. He kind of has had it down year lately, but he's a lefty and he is solid, has incredible potential. Um, Robert Hassel was the eighth pick of the 2022 draft. This kid is a flipping stud. Um, C.J. Abrams, also a stud. A lot of these players that the Nationals are getting, they these are not throwaway prospects they are like they are like cream of the crop prospects so if you know if the nationals goal was to get like good prospects they got them i mean if their goal was to we're gonna strip everything down to the absolute base level and build up i think you gotta consider it a win for them too i mean Josh, uh, Juan Soto rejected a $440 million contract. It would have been the largest contract in baseball history, but the AAV was low. 
you had so many people who had AAVs above Juan Soto in that deal. We're talking, you know, Trout, Correa, you know, uh, Garrett Cole. It's pitchers, position players. You're talking like 20 people, something like that, above the AAV that Juan Soto was going to get. But it's still the largest contract lump sum. And so the Nationals are like, okay, fine, screw it. You don't want $440 million. <laughs> Forget you. So, <laughs> um, it, it just sucks for Nationals fans. I think ultimately they're one of the biggest losers of the trade deadline because everyone's gone. Everyone. You win the, Nat- the World Series in 2019 and Bryce Harper Juan Soto, Trey Turner, Max Scherzer, Anthony Rendon, they're all gone. And your team is pathetic. It was already pathetic. And it's even more pathetic. So, but it's all about the future, baby. Give it 10 years and you might win another one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But, I mean, come on. You get Luke Voigt. He's major league ready. Abrams, Hassel, Wood, and Susanna they are probably going to be MLB ready maybe next year, maybe the year after that, the latest Mackenzie Gore's definitely MLB ready, but I mean, you did it, Washington. You did it. You, you are now officially irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have officially thrown in the proverbial towel on the, uh, the 2022 season. It only yes. took you, uh, <laughs> it only took you however many, let's see, four How months into the year now. <laughs> you lucked out in 2019. You did win a fair and square, but and then let's talk about San Diego. You get Juan Soto until 2024. He's a top five, top three player. Josh Bell is a stud muffin. You look at that infield. Tatis is gonna come back. His delay, it's it's delayed, but he will be back before the end of this year. So you look at that infield. You got Fernando Tatis. Manny Machado and Josh Bell. That's just the infield. And then you talk outfield and you got Juan Soto. I mean, I don't want to face this team at all. I mean, it's just, I don't know what the the Padres is plan here. Um, It's just, they gave up a lot. I don't know if they're able to keep Juan Soto. And I think that's what uh, uh, you're bringing up, Joel, is the cap space. I think that I don't know if they're going to keep him forever because Juan Soto, he's going to get paid. When his contract expires, it's presumably with the with the Cardinal, with the, with the Padres. They could always trade him again. But he's going to get paid. But the Padres, this to me, Travis, they're going all in. They want to win the World Series between now and 2024. If not this year, hopefully 2023, 2024 at the latest. That's what they're signaling to their fans. And if I'm a Padres fan, I'm ecstatic. You got Joe Musgrove, who's a pitcher. He's They just extended him to like, what, 10 years or something like that? And now you've got one of the best players in baseball. So they're just, they're going all in. They want it so bad. They want to win the World Series. <laughs> so... Oh man, I get, but I gotta pull up. Uh, I gotta pull up the standings, and just let, let's just kind of back up a little bit and just 
and see it because the Dodgers still have a commanding lead in that division. Yeah. The 11 and a half games. Don't know if they're going to quite surpass that. We have about two more months left. Give our, uh, yeah, basically two months. It, I'm not saying it's impossible, but 11 and a half is quite a big gap. But if you look at the wild card, which again, if they get in, it's a best of three. They have a, they're in. If the season ended right now, they're in. And in fact, they have a two and a half game lead over Philly because they're now the second place team in that three wild card team. So it is totally possible for them to make the wild card. Like they're already competitive and now they just get even more competitive. Juan Soto, Josh Bell, they are going to give the Dodgers a run. As, as, as you point out, Joel, I believe, I mean, they're going to make it things interesting, but the, once the playoffs start, all bets are off. And it's just like who, whoever's hot and Juan Soto, man, home run derby champ, well, guys, we haven't even gotten to their other trade, and this trade alone is probably <laughs> indicative of them winning the trade deadline. But they did get someone else, and Trav, you know, you know who I'm talking about, right? Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, wish you were talking about. Sorry, I the Padres. Uh, oh yes, man. the Padres. Yes, who did they? They got one of the best closers in all of baseball. Let me pull I'm up, of course uh, talking about Josh, Josh Hader. Yes. Yeah. All right. So these three people alone are why the Padres won the trade deadline. Josh Hader is one of the best closers in baseball. Period. End of story. Now he's had a rough couple of starts lately, but um, when he is on, he is the best closer in baseball. That's it. Edwin Diaz is probably the best closer right now as of recent for the Mets. But Josh Hader is still a stud, and he's way too young to not make a bounce back. San Diego Padres, this was yesterday. They got Josh Hader, and in in return, the Brewers got uh, relief pitcher Taylor Rogers, pitcher Robert Gasser, left fielder Estery Lurie's, and then relief pitcher Denilson Lamette. I probably screwed up all of those names, but I don't care. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh man. Um if, if I'm the Brewers, the Brewers are they still want to be competitive, Travis. They're still in first place in their division. They have a three game lead over the Cardinals. What a complete buzzkill for the Brewers. You give up your best reliever. For I mean, for a couple, a bunch of prospects. I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> like, do you want to win or not? Yeah. Man, it's, I, I, the Padres are a scary team at this point. Yeah, Tatis is coming. He's Tatis is coming back, and when he's back, baby. Yeah, it's just the Padres are, have built a team now where no matter where, I mean, you know, they're going to presumably, unless something just absolutely wild happens over these last couple months of the regular season. Uh, the uh, the Padres are probably uh, going to be in the wild card, but like they've built a team that can go through the bracket no matter where they are and uh, yeah. and get to the NLDS. Seriously, I mean, they have to it, or so, NLCS. Excuse me. True. Uh, so I'm just going to assume they make the wild card at this point. 
So it's the wild card round, which is the best of three. They make it past that. They make it to the NLDS. So it's not do or die one game wild card this year. Um, but think about this. Fernando Tatis, as of yesterday, he can begin a minor league rehab assignment as early as this weekend. So he could potentially start this weekend, give it one, maybe two weeks most. You're talking about Tatis coming back by the end of this month. Worst case scenario. So, man, San Diego, it's a party in San Diego, the the home of Tony Hawk. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the other day, right? I saw you tweet about it. Tony Hawk saying and yes, there's like a, a uh, there's a cover band in the UK called the 900, and they are a they are <laughs> a Tony Hawk pro skater cover band. That means yes. that they cover like the band basically knows like every single song uh, from the Tony Hawk video games, <laughs> at least the classic ones, like the first several THPS ones, uh, and. Uh, and like play shows over in the UK, uh, covering those songs. So like Superman by Goldfinger, uh, Psycho Vision uh, by yeah. the Suicidal Tendencies, like some of those, uh, uh, some of those songs they uh, they cover live. And yeah, so Tony Hawk <laughs> showed up at the gig, and, mm. uh, and yeah, what the heck is he the doing there, man? <laughs> some probably some appearance that he uh, that he had <laughs> out in the UK. So oh, epic, just pure epicness man uh those people got a treat <laughs> it's not even in the u.s but yeah. man i know a lot of a lot of people are very lucky and fortunate to live out uh, out in san diego specifically on the north county san diego area um north of downtown there where it it truly is one of like the most beautiful places on the face of planet earth like it's just drop dead gorgeous out there oh yeah san diego for the win so all right, before I get into some other moves, Trav, I want to talk about the one, as in one singular move that the Rangers did, the straight deadline. And I have confirmed it. I am using Sports Track as our source for all moves yeah. in MLB. They made one move. Earlier today, the Texas Rangers traded Matt Bush, a relief pitcher, to the Brewers. And in exchange, they got second baseman Mark Mathias. And pitcher Antoine Kelly. That is it. That is the only yep. move that the Rangers made. Trav, your initial thoughts. Yeah, you know, I think, uh, <laughs> you know, Matt Bush uh, was a de decent piece uh, for us this year. I think he's had like some injury issues um, in recent years. He's on the older side. Um, Matt Bush, mm -hmm. for those of our audience who do not know his story, uh, is, a, uh, is someone who... Yeah, was the I think like the number one overall pick back in 2004, if I remember correctly, uh, by the San Diego Padres. Actually, uh, grew up there. Um, I think in either in either in Southern California or Florida, I can't remember. Um, but he uh, uh, he uh, yeah had a whole bunch of legal issues. Uh, struggled with alcoholism from a very young age. Uh, like like had assault run-ins and stuff with minors. Um, there he hit a elderly yeah. man on a motorcycle at full speed, <laughs> uh, like way over the uh, over the uh, blood alcohol limits and stuff. Uh, he uh, and this time ten years ago was doing prison time. Uh, he uh, he was released in early. Uh, I think he was released in fall of 2015. He was working at a Golden Corral in uh, in Jacksonville, Florida, and. Um, <laughs> 
and uh, yeah, man, it ha- has legal troubles for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I was working at Golden Corral uh, in uh, spring of 2016 in Jacksonville, Florida, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, could did not have a driver's license. Basically, was he was he was a free man, but he was basically like locked down, like at home. I think he was living with his dad uh, <laughs> and could go to work, and that was it. And scouts Jeez. and scouts found him. At, uh, at at that golden corral that he was working at in in Jacksonville, Florida, and so he went out into the parking lot and was throwing pitches for him there at the uh, uh, at golden corral, like doing uh, just see like, hey, is this guy is this guy who hasn't been in the game of baseball in years? Does he still have an arm? And he uh, and uh, and he did, and uh, and it was. <laughs> I was actually at the first ever game that he came in and relief in when he uh, wow. got called up with the with the Rangers, and uh, it was actually it was the game the night before the punch heard around the world when uh, <laughs> when, yeah. the, uh, when the um, when uh, the Blue Jays were in town. So he came in relief, yeah. and if I remember correctly, I think he got the save and the win in that game, um, or at least got them the extras. I think maybe when it was tied up um, there, and so. Yeah, I mean, Matt Bush put together ultimately a really good career uh, with the Rangers. Uh, he has not been the best, uh, most reliable piece of our uh, of our bullpen. I don't feel like this year, um, but you know, we we you know we get um, we get presumably a couple of decent pieces here from uh, uh, from the Rangers. I I don't know if it's so much like if it's so much you're getting a lot in return uh with uh with letting bush goes is it's almost like they're, like they're thinking two or three steps ahead in terms of like what these pieces um allow themselves for um come uh come free agency and uh how they see these fit in with like the rest of their uh comparative to their farm system and everything and kind of helps them just like a cog in the machine in terms of like evaluation of talents and everything um but i'm i'm not against it i think you know the real big talk was is, hey what was would Martin Perez be on the trade block yes. uh, for his team? Um, but I think, I'm glad, you know, for somebody I'm, of, yeah, I'm glad he's still on your team. Oh, I mean, I, I, Martin Perez has just been a fantastic story this year. Uh, having the best year of his career, uh, you know, returning back to the Rangers this year, the expectations were not high at all for him. And he's come in, <laughs> he's just like absolutely risen way above those. Um, uh, but, um, yeah, you know, and we'll, uh, uh, yeah, I think this uh, Martin Perez. The whole idea of like, would you trade him away, um, is more of it. it just it would have been would a get you, for what it would have been a get for someone of like that kind of yeah. caliber, the player that he has been this year. Yeah, what that what would you get in return for that was just not as much kind of in line of what you'd be giving away with him. And I think you know with Bush, it's just it's a more kind of conservative move um, to let yes. him go. But Matt Bush, from all uh, indications, I think has like completely turned his life around. Uh, at this point now he's been an upstanding citizen uh, and back uh, back into the world now over uh, the past six years has rehabilitated himself does his job uh, has a new outlook and purpose on life um, and just has been like a cool redemption story for uh, um, for uh, for the Texas Rangers um, so wishing him the best up uh, up in Milwaukee um, yeah. but uh, you know looking forward to the future. Yeah, he needed a passion. They we need we need passion and purpose uh to drive us in life. And I think you know you get I mean there's no purpose sitting in a cell uh and uh, and serving uh I mean there's yeah there's there's purpose for for doing your time, but I mean it's like 
the in the best world, you know, people rehabil- can rehabilitate themselves and then as appropriate are receive, you know, like the privileges and rights again of free life and everyday life and stuff. And so, yeah, congrats to Matt Bush uh, on a great six year career here with the Rangers. It's been fun, fun seeing him uh, uh, do what he did here, um, but wishing him the best. There you go. Um, for me, this signals them um, out with the old in with the new. <laughs> Yes. We're gonna the goner for for some maybe, but for me not so much. Yes, that yeah. uh, that that that'll turn anyone's life around. Uh, just go to work for Golden Corral or earn an honest living, flipping patties. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, but I did I, I didn't flip patties, but I did that for a summer working at Sonic. I got uh, on roller skates in the middle of the Texas heat and uh, serving. Did you uh, serving did you or did there. you not spill or? <laughs> I don't think I ever once did spill. I had an amazing like run in one set there. Like I literally like pirouetted and spun like 720 degrees on my, uh, my (laughs) skates, but still kept the tray and all the food in my head. So I don't know how that happened, but we digress. We digress. What the Rangers get back is they out with the 36 year old Matt Bush and in with the 27 year old Mark Mathias. He doesn't have a whole lot of game playing experience. He has played, at the major league level for a whopping 22 games between 2020 and 2022. But while his numbers don't scream excellence, he only has one home run in 22 games. Um, In those 22 games, his career numbers are 231, 226, 346. So, but no, you're getting low risk, high reward. The sky is the limit. He's 27. And the thing about, um, Perez is it would have been a sell high situation if you would have tried to go for him. I mean, he did make the all-star game. So, but you are keeping him, which I mean, it's great to have him, but, and then Antoine uh, Kelly, who you also get, he hasn't, he has yet to make an MLB debut. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, it is what it is um, when it comes to the Rangers, you just got to hope that they have, good contingency plans i don't i just they they've never been really a team that has been competitive at the trade deadline they did trade away gallo last year so they did max out for them which to their you know good for them you mean they got a lot from the yankees at that point but besides i mean this year it's i mean they could have got but it's like who could have they you got to think about the other side who could they have gotten given it away they're 20 games back right now uh their offense is about as good as it gets when it comes to just their numbers but their pitching needs a lot of help and a lot of it um but yeah it's just so many of their games just been like one run games that they've just blown um and the pitching is gonna definitely help so let's hope that antoine kelly pulls through let's hope mark matthias pulls through let's call up jack Leiter. let's call up cool up kumar rocker um i you know this is gonna this is a this is turning out to be a rough year for the rangers there's no way to sugarcoat it they're 20 games back in the division they are eight games back from the wild card Ugh. um <laughs> oh man 
So this isn't going to help you out in the immediate. I, man, if I were a Rangers fan, I would just be like, come on, Josh Young. Come on, Jack Leiter. Come on, Kumar. I mean, I just want the young blood in. <laughs> this I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? I'm that same way, man. Uh, in due time, they will arrive, but I cannot wait for uh, you know some of these these uh these star-studded young pieces to uh to to make their way out to arlington it'll it'll be fun when that happens for sure yes it will be all right and now before we get to the rest uh, we did go over the rangers moves and we are going to go over the three moves that the houston astros made because i mean we have to get our bias out of the way we have to talk about our teams so Starting yesterday, the mayhem ensued. The first move, the Houston Astros got Trey Mancini. Yes, that's right. He beat cancer. MLB player of the year, a comeback player of the year last year. Uh, he's still in his prime. First baseman, outfielder, and they got Jaden Murray. It was This was a three-team trade. They are rare, but they do happen. The Baltimore Orioles got Seth Johnson and Chase McDermott, and the Tampa Bay Rays, who were somehow in the middle of this, got Jose Siri. First off, three team trades. I don't even know how. Like, what do you do? Conference call? Like, it's like, all right, hey, hold on a second. Hold. Let's add a call on our iPhone here. I mean, it's just, I mean, it, I don't know how these things work. Like, you're under the gun, but for some reason it did. But it's just, I, whatever. I'm not even going to try to imagine it. But let's think about the Houston Astros. Trey Mancini. I'm going to admit that I was on the Joshville bandwagon. Yuli Gurriel is a first baseman. His contract ends this year. He is old. I'm not saying he's like a dinosaur, but... um. You know, his contract expires this year. We have to move on into the future. Trey Mancini is a rental. I think his, I think after this year, his contract expires. So he is definitely a rental. We couldn't extend him. Here's why I love the Trey Mancini trade. Trey Mancini, um, he has been robbed. And you want to know why he's been robbed, Travis? Because Baltimore decided to move their left field wall 30 feet back. 30 feet back. Trey Mancini to this date has 10 home runs this year so far. Do you know what his, do you want to guess what his expected home runs are this year? So he's hit 10. I'm going to, I'm going to say he was expected to have like 47 on here, but to this point, Oh, to this point then. Oh, I guess um yeah, at this point he should have like twenty-two or something like that. You're overshooting it a little bit, but you're getting the point. Based off of his hits, he has been the one for one player on the Baltimore Orioles that has get he has been robbed by that trajectory change at Camden Yards. His expected home runs total is seventeen. He only has ten. That's a roughly a Almost a 50% reduction in his home runs. But it's a match made in heaven, baby. The Crawford boxes. He's going to murder the Crawford boxes, baby. That's not 30 feet back. That's a, like 310. 
Let's go. He's going to murder the Crawford boxes. I love it. Love, love, love it. Trey Mancini is 22 years old. He beat cancer. This year he's batting 268. 10 home runs. He should have 17, but that's besides the point. He has a 114 OPS plus. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Pepper those Crawford boxes. Let's do it. Let's do it. And the Astros got someone else in that. They got Jada Murray, a pitcher. We can always use more pitcher. Jose Siri goes bye-bye. I just tweeted him making a sick catch for Tampa Bay. Good for him. I was talking to some people the, earlier this week. We have Jose Siri. We have Jake Myers and Chandler Cormick, all these platoon outfielders. We had to get rid of at least one, and we got rid of Jose Siri. I'm all for getting rid of Jose Siri. He could he could turn into an all-star, and if he does, good for him, you know, but we can't keep them all, and good for them. Baltimore got Seth Johnson and Chase McDermott. Good for them. But the Houston Astros got someone else. They got Christian Vasquez, the catcher, baby. He is the backup catcher. Martin Maldonado is the starting catcher. Let's get that straight. He is the starting catcher because of... He's the starting catcher because of his ability to work with the pitchers. But Christian Vasquez is an excellent backup because of his offensive powerhouse, baby. Christian Vasquez is a Yankees killer. He has hit bomb time after time again against the New York Yankees. He hates them. And this season, the stars are aligning for Chris for the Astros and the Yankees to face off in the ALCS. And when they do, which it's most likely going to happen, Christian Vasquez is going to murder the Yankees once again. He's 31 years old. He's batting 282 on the year. That's Marty Molinado is batting like 160. Christian Vasquez is batting 282. 282 is a phenomenal batting average. He has a 108 OPS plus, eight bombs on the year. I mean, that's not a whole lot, but hey, he's going to put the ball in play. <laughs> he's going to put the ball in play, guys. Christian Vasquez, 282 batting average, 759 OPS, 432 slugging. I mean, it just juxtaposed that with Maldonado, and it's a immediate improvement immediate improvement you have an offensive you know competent catcher so uh, it's incredible i'm over the moon on that i mean between him and maldonado let's go vasquez can pinch hit for maldonado in a tough spot castro bye bye castro the astro you did your part good for you but out with the old and with the new um and then Houston Astros got Will Smith, the slap her around the world. Will Smith, <laughs> not necessarily Fresh Prince Bel Air. Will Smith, yes, <laughs> not not that Will Smith. Although there are several Will Smiths in Major League Baseball, but Will and Smith is, and there is a Bel Air down in uh, down in Houston. So, uh... <laughs> oh yes, he should buy a house there. <laughs> they are. He could up... literally be the Fresh Prince of Bel Air if he uh, if he did that. Do it, do it. You have to make an apology video first. You have to apologize for something. <laughs> Get 3 million views on YouTube. But anyway, we're digressing. 
the Astros did get rid of Jake Odorizzi, starting pitcher to the Atlanta Braves in exchange for Will Smith. It's poetic because Will Smith is one of those relievers who murdered us last year in the World Series. Murdered us. Murdered us. And Will Smith, he's now one of us. We shored up our relief pitching, catcher position, and first base. Guriel is having a down year. He's not out of it. He hit an RBI earlier tonight as of this recording, but he's in his waning years. I truly believe that. I mean, the age, it, it accounts for something, but bravo, he's an Astros. I mean, you could have gotten the center fielder, but, you know, that would have been a lot, but, but we'll see. Um, they are contending for a title. The Astros, they... I'm proud of what they did. Uh, I think Trey Mancini, the more I think about it, I think Trey Mancini's a, a better move for the Astros because he's a righty. He's going to murder the Crawford boxes. Josh Bell's a lefty. And it was clear. The Nationals wanted to milk out those two for all they are worth. And they got a lot. They got a lot of people. And so I, I think Click just read the writing on the wall. And he's like, man, this Josh Bell thing ain't doing it. I got to get something. So, bravo, I give you an A. I give you a solid A. J- click. In click, we trust, right? Clickety, clickety, click. So, all right, we're going to touch base on a few other trades because there was quite a bit. Philadelphia Phillies got Noah Syndergaard away from the Angels. I mean, the Angels, at this point, you might as well just say bye-bye. I mean, they're just... If you're not rock bottom, you might as well give up everything, right? <laughs> so, the Toronto Blue Jays got Whitmerryfield from the Royals. Whitmerryfield is not vaccinated. He's going to go to Toronto. So, you know, uh, is he going to get vaccinated because he has to move to, to Canada now? We'll see. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's an interesting thing that you have to think about <laughs> because, hey, you didn't want to get vaccinated now, but now you got to go to Canada. So you have to, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of, a, kind of a bit of a predicament here. Yeah, we'll see how he navigates that, but that's kind of beside the point there. So um, several other moves. We have to talk about the Boston Red Sox and their moves. And this is hilarious. It, it is it is hilarity. The Boston Red Sox, they can't catch a break this year. And this year is, a very, is very disappointing in a lot of respects. Now I know the AL East is stacked. But still, it's just really to best sum up what the Boston Red Sox have gotten i'm gonna pill up a tweet by jared carabas jared carabas is a famous red sox fan works for barstool he i mean he's a great follow he has a podcast called baseball's dead which is phenomenal oh man i gotta find this because he describes who all the boston red sox got in their trades and it's not even gonna give their names but it's going to give their it's going to give really what these players are known for uh i'm almost there man dang it 
I'm going to have to. Uh, they did get Tommy Pham, which. And here's the thing. The Boston Red Sox, you were like, are these these guys were supposed to be sellers, but they're getting Tommy Pham, which he's supposed to be a, you know, an upgrade. I mean, what are we doing here? Uh, <laughs> it's like, I mean, you either go all in or go or not. You can't just go half in, half out with nothing. But, um, basically, I'm not finding this the uh, this tweet, even though it's hilarious. They got a guy, a catcher who was convicted of jerking off in a Walmart parking lot. Okay. Yes, that's right. You heard that right. This is not a joke. This is the catcher they got, not from the Astros, but they got it to supposedly replace Vasquez. Way to go, guys. <laughs> it's like, I mean, oh, okay. I, I, I found it. I found it. Yesterday, Jerry Carabas said, so far, the Red Sox key trade deadline additions have been a guy who slaps people in the mouth over fantasy baseball and a dude who jerks, who jerks off in public back to you in the studio. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like <laughs> the dry humor dripping from that tweet is perfect. <laughs> Seriously. That tweet got 14,000 likes and it deserved every single one of them. It's hilarious. Like red. I mean, Isaac Aaron, our friend of the pod, like he was tweeting yesterday, he was like, "I hate everything." <laughs> yeah, what a what a tease of the year this has been for uh, for for Red Sox fans. I mean, yeah, you start out kind of slow, then you know you're heading into late spring, early summer. It seems like your team's on a resurgence. Then it just comes crashing down, and then now it's just you're kind of shedding, you're shedding talent. It's uh... yes. Oh man, you could have done so much, guys. I mean, you see, this you is could've... why this is why Yankees fans just lick their chops at the <laughs> at uh, at the the Red Sox being the butt of uh, of jokes that they are. Seriously, uh, but hey, at least you got Eric Hosmer. <laughs> so, <laughs> according you got to somebody, you, you got somebody. But I I, I I I had to give that tweet credit because. It's just hilarious. It, it it describes it perfectly. So, where's oh, the uh, where's the sad trombone sound effect when you? Do <laughs> and another trade that happened. Joey Gallo is he's gone. Bye bye. You get to grow your beard. He goes from New York to California. The Los Angeles Dodgers get Joey Gallo. That is right. Joey Gallo for Clayton Beater, a pitcher. Hey, Texas Tech's very own Clayton Beater. There you go. He gets to shave his beard. I mean, I didn't know he had one. But if he did, he has to shave it. I love this for Joey Gallo. He's way too talented to not be good. I think Joey Gallo is just going to come out of the woodwork. He's going to grow his beard again. And like Lazarus, he is going to get his power. Yeah. The the Dodgers are... I mean, the Dodgers are a large market team like the... uh, like the Yankees are, but I think the Dodgers culture and just life out there in LA is going to be so much 
oh, more of yeah. a fit for, I mean, it's like you have the big media, but out there, but it's more, I feel like the personalities out there in terms of like sports media are more jovial and it's more of like embracing of like, you know, kind of like the party atmosphere and, you know, the LA yeah. life and everything in New York. It's like, there's no room for that. It's like, you go like you arrive out there really kind of a lot of those East coast sports cities and you're just grilled from the beginning. So <laughs> like Joey Gallo would just walked into being kind of a punching bag, unfortunately out there. Seriously, but I love this for Gallo. I know he's a three true true outcome kind of guy, but he has put great numbers for the Rangers. Um, who he's knows? Solid defensively as well. So he's got a cannon of an arm. Oh, so yeah. um, I, I wish all the best for Joey Gallo. You know, I hope he can walk and hit more home runs. <laughs> Those are the only two <laughs> alternatives. So. Um, let's talk other trades here real quick. The Yankees did get Frankie Montas and Louis and Lou Trevino. That's a starter and a reliever respectively. You got to consider the Yankees. One of the winners of the trade deadline, the Yankees got Andrew Benatendi, um, an excellent high batting average outfielder, Frankie Montas, Harrison Bader, uh, Lou Trevino. I mean, these guys are going to be awesome. So, I mean, we'll have to talk with Emily Nyman and see what she thinks, but I think they did pretty solid. Uh, just going back to Joey Gallo, I have to bring up an interview of his. So this was an interview for Joey Gallo, and this is going to explain why this is good for Gallo. An interviewer asked, are you ready for the trade deadline to be over? And he said, yes, we'll see what happens, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the interviewer said, have you been living in Manhattan? And he said, yeah. And they said, what's it like for you when Yankees fans notice you on the streets? Are they rough on you away from the ballpark too? Gallo said, I don't go out in the streets. The interviewer <laughs> said, that's sad. Gallo said, yeah, I really don't want to show my face too much around here. So there you go. I mean, they, I mean, he, it, New York is ruthless. Like East, you're doing those East Coast sports uh, sports fans, man. Like uh, Mike Bassick, the uh, the former uh, Rangers pitcher, um, spent some years back in the early two thousands with the Mets, and uh, the, he was he was not great during that time. And he talked about yeah, riding the uh, riding the uh, the train around uh, the subway uh, through the city, going to do different things, and like people would recognize him. And you've just got these like like sports encyclopedia types like <laughs> uh, types like Vinny from down the block that was ready to uh <laughs> ready to just come like grill you and uh <laughs> and, like get all in your face about stuff and yeah it's a different culture out there completely seriously uh but cali, cali culture is laid back is more laid back so oh yeah i'm so happy for gallo i'm sure he's like finally and cal yeah. the weather in california is gorgeous yeah. And he, I mean, I mean as gray as the Dodgers fan base is, uh, there, the truth is, is that Southern California, like the LA area has never been a baseball town. Like it's a <laughs> the broad, the Dodgers are a great baseball, uh, are a great historic program. But LA is a, LA is a basketball city. Like everything out there re revolves around the Lakers. So he has like the advantage to of like baseball 
has like the the niche group of fans uh, of the the uh, the Dodgers fan base there among Southern California sports culture, but uh, it's yeah, it's not going to be like a place like New York where it's like hey, it, it, those are just sports fans in general. They eat, sleep, and breathe anything that has to do uh, with the uh, the NYC metropolitan area out there um sports wise so it'll be it'll be different i think good for him in that regard change of scenery and a change of culture and a change of scenery and a change of culture there you go so good for you gallo uh yankees it's good for them they're definitely one of the winners when it talks to, talks about losers the losers are definitely nationals fans um your team is now gone from ap- nothing to absolute nothing the phillies they have to be one of the winners because uh, the F- Nationals are now a weak dog. The Phillies, for the rest of the season, they get to play the Nationals 11 times. And they're just going to beat the crap out of them. And the Phillies are on the insurgency. The Phillies are 10 games back in the East, but that's not the important thing. The important thing is they are the number three team in the wild card if the season ended today. They get to beat up on the Nationals 11 times, so they are probably going to be that number three spot unless barring catastrophe. So, Phillies, you might we might just see you in October, baby. So you get to reap the benefits because you play the Nationals far more than any other team. Braves play them six times. Padres play them seven times. Cardinals four, Giants zero, Phillies 11. So just beat the crap out of them. Beat them while they're down. So you guys are winners. Red Sox, you guys are losers. Uh, the fans, uh, especially too. Astros are winners. Mets, what the heck did you guys do? I mean, I know that it's like you, the Mets, I mean, the Dodgers won the trade deadline last year. Mets probably won free agency, but I mean, you could have thought they could have done something, but I mean, they didn't do anything, but um, I mean, Orioles fans, you say bye-bye to Trey Mancini. Uh, it's just, that kind of kills your momentum a little bit. Although the Orioles aren't doing terrible this year, they're actually doing pretty decent. Uh, they're, they have a winning record, actually. 52 and 51. Way to go. So, um, But losing Mancini is a huge blow. They're two games back in the wild card. So, I mean... Who saw that coming into this year? Like, we were... <laughs> we did not... We did not give the Orioles a fighting chance. I mean, we had relegated them to... Uh, to, like, Royals and... Uh, and uh, and, uh, and Bucko's territory. Like, that was... The, the Orioles were not in our uh, were not in our 2022 uh, uh, MLB Wild Card uh, contenders uh, bingo card. Seriously, but yeah, um, there you go. MLB trade deadline recap. Um, last year was pretty crazy. The big trade, the big move last year was Trey Turner, Max Scherzer to the Dodgers. Max Scherzer is no longer a Dodger, but Trey Turner still is. And this year, it's it's all Padres, baby. Uh, man, after the trade deadline happens, I just can't wait for October because you're gonna have, now we have a twelve team playoff. And man, Juan Soto, he's gonna be he's gonna play in October again. 
And when he does, uh, we all know it's no longer going to be Joe Buck, but someone will say he's 23 years old. And they'll remind everybody of that like <laughs> 10 times. <laughs> he's only 23. <laughs> so it's going to happen. But man, it's going to be awesome. Um, as we kind of wrap up this segment, we're just going to give you our quick rankings. Phillies, they're number 10, guys. They are here. They are on an absolute insurgency. We have to give them the number 10 spot. They were unranked, but we just got to show them the love. They're on a five-game win streak. They're 55 and 47. Got to give them the love, baby. Cardinals go from number 10 to number 9. Twins at number 8. Brewers still at number 7. Padres, they're on the ascendancy too. Uh, I mean, come on. This team, three-game win streak, they've just been on fire lately. Uh, they're still at 11 and a half back in the division, but they are moving up the rankings, baby. And with their acquisitions, they're just going to move up even more. Top, top five, unchanged. Braves, Mets, Yankees, Dodgers, Houston Astros. Now, you might say, well, come on, Barrett. The Astros have 67 wins. Yankees have 70. The Dodgers have 69. Why are you putting the Astros up at number one yet again? I'll tell you why. <laughs> Bias. <laughs> they, beat the, they beat the Mariners. They won that series. They're the hottest team in the AL. I have to continue to put them above the Yankees because they're just, I mean, they're just flat out better than them. They might not survive another week, but the Dodgers, I mean, there's really not a good excuse other than bias. Uh, I might have to take them out of the number one spot again, but I'll milk it out for all it's worth. But uh, there you go, Trav. 100, man. We did it. 100 episodes. It's been fun. It has indeed. I'll turn it over to you, man. Let's let's land the plane. Yes, sir. It has been another great episode, friends of No Doubter. We cannot thank you all enough for joining us here on our 100th episode tonight. If you tune in live with us uh, or if, you know, if you're uh, you're listening to us uh, on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, can't thank you all enough for being along with this ride. Uh, we'd love for you to tell all your friends here about the show. And in multiple ways, you can do that here as we, we wrap things up. So first off, make sure that you are subscribed. If you're not already after all this time, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, we're there. So you can you do not miss out on any future episodes of No Doubter. Leave us a five-star review. Let us know how you're enjoying the show. You know, leaving reviews is ultimately a big thing, I think, for like the algorithm in terms of content creation and helping get this program more visible to more people. So please, if you've listened to this for any period of time, leave us a review, start getting that pushed out. Uh, make sure you like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, both at No Doubter Pod. Boom and myself are on Twitter at BoomBossic21 and at Travis Lawfully, respectively. YouTube channel, make sure you're looped in there. Uh, our Patreon community, we talked about that earlier. We'd love for you to take a look at the different options that we have there. Uh, you know, for as little as just uh, several bucks a month, uh, you know, up to a little bit more of an investment here. We've got these different tiers that uh, that bring you different be benefits of being part of the No Doubter community. Love for you to take a look at that. Once again, shout out to our longest standing patron, Mr. Tad Bostic, and our Patreon producer, all the way to the legend here, Mr. Don Hale. Cannot thank you two fellows enough for what you've done for this show to this point. Our merch partner at T Public has done a fantastic job 
at putting together a store online filled with t-shirts, mugs, hoodies, baseball shirts, crew neck sweatshirts, phone cases, the list goes on and on and on of, uh, of different items you can get with no doubt our logo on there. You get some swag for your everyday life, uh, you know, a mug for, uh, for home or the, at the office there for your coffee. Uh, it just helps spread the word about No Doubter and the programming that we offer uh, to baseball fans of all stages. And then you'll see all those important links in the description below. Boom, we've landed the plane. How about you deplane us this evening? There you go. Um, uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your destination of... Uh, uh tradeville i don't know it's that <laughs> i'm i'm bad at improvising but uh before I, before i land the plane thank you to joel weens for joining us and commenting on the show you're awesome please join us again we'd love to for you to comment live comment on the show again but um as we go into the week guys we got emily nyman tomorrow night She's a favorite, so join us tomorrow night. Watch our beautiful faces as we have her on to talk Yankees, all that, and trade deadline, and many more. So until then, go into your week. I know it's hot outside, but do it the no doubter way. Bat 400, always swing for the fences. We will see y'all tomorrow night. Let's go. This episode of No Doubter was produced by Eric Bostick and Travis Lockley and edited by Travis Bostick. Our logo was designed by Lindsay Silver. 